Hi, this is Lynn from Yoga Story, and I am here with Susie Atkin, a Reiki practitioner and yoga teacher here at the studio. And we are going to talk today about Reiki, but we're not going to just sit here and go, okay, Susie, what is Reiki about? <laughs> I wanted to talk to Susie about her personal experience with energy work. Um, but first, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my impressions of Susie before she tells you a little bit about herself. Um, when I first met Susie, she's probably one of the few people that I could categorize as an old soul. <laughs> uh, wisdom beyond her years type of thing. Um, she's very intelligent. And energy work um, can be very mysterious and woo-woo-ish. But Susie puts um, the intelligence and wisdom behind it. She makes it feel very grounded and attainable. Um, and so energy work is also very personal. So like I said, instead of just saying, you know, what is Reiki, I want uh, you to find out more about Susie personally. Um, hopefully she's comfortable with that. And her relationship with energy work. So Susie, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself first? Yeah, so um, I actually came into the work of Reiki and um, healing work and also yoga, which I consider a, mo a modality for healing, um, several years ago for my own personal practice and then began uh, doing the work myself for other people. Um, but I think ever since I was a kid, I've been... Uh, considered sensitive <laughs> with the negative connotation <laughs> to that where it's you know anything happens and oh my gosh I'm about ready to fall apart because I feel it so intensely mm -hmm. um, and so it's been a part of my own education to understand that sensitivity as a gift instead of um, instead of a detriment that I can experience things from that place um, that maybe someone else doesn't feel, but that's okay because then I can help explain that to them as well. Um, so that's that's kind of my my background in it. Um, from my professional life, it looked looks very different from this work in a lot of ways, which I think a lot of people come to this from various backgrounds. That we all didn't grow up in this like being coddled by wolves and and this beautiful like Mother Earth type of spiritual <laughs> journey. But we all kind of get to it um, from our experiences, past experiences. And that, so that's where I'm coming into it right now is um, all of those past experiences culminating to what I know and what I feel and what I understand as my own truths now in my life. That's great. I like that as sensitivity being an, a positive thing and not a negative thing. I think we look at that so often as being negative. I too was told all the time, oh, you're so sensitive when I was a child and growing up, which I think is kind of normal for some children too, as they go through that emotional development. But I like that. So do you recall what your first experience was with Reiki, whether it was receiving or learning about it? Well, my first experience with Reiki of actually knowing the term um, actually came because my an aunt of mine was a Reiki practitioner. And so I knew about it, and, um, and she, she really kind of um, delved into a lot of esoteric realms. And so for me, I thought, well, that's super fascinating, but I'm a very grounded person, and I think very linear. And um, so it was, it was not quite the right time for me to experience it or the right way for me to experience it. 
And then when I went to do my yoga training, um, one of the teachers there is a Reiki master and she was offering trainings in Reiki. And so I said, you know what, I'm curious. And I, one of my intentions for my life is to be as open, um, to all sorts of things that I possibly can. So I learn and understand and grow as a person. And so I said, I'm going to experience it. And, um, even with that intention of being as open as possible, I still carried this certain amount of skepticism, just like, yeah, this is woo woo, you know, because it's, um, because of what I had been taught and learned from my past life experiences. Um, and so I would have to say the moment that I felt a shift in my perspective toward it was after receiving that I had had some pain in my body, some physical pain in my body that I was actually quite scared about because I didn't know what it was. Um, and during my session that I received, um, the, the student that was working on me um, was prompted to stay at that place and to just be there for me in that, that space. And I felt pain leave my body and that pain did not return. And it was very interesting because it had been acute pain. And so I had to, I didn't have a choice. I had to shift my perspective and think about it in a different way of, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. What are we talking about here? Um, so that was, I would say the mo most formative experience I had with Reiki when I was first starting out. Is that what made you want to become involved and train in it? Or was there anything else that occurred that made you want to get trained in it? Anything else? Um, well, that was actually part of my Reiki training when that experience happened. So I was already down that path in a certain sense, even though I had a healthy amount of skepticism. Um, so after I experienced that, I wanted to share it that felt very um, palpable to me as okay there's something going on here I don't fully understand it yet I want to understand it more so I can share it to other people so they can experience it for themselves so was this a separate training that you got done or was it uh, done during your 200 hour and where was that it was a training uh in conjunction with my 200 hour training. And I trained at a school called Yandara, it's in Baja, Mexico, and they do all sorts of different yoga trainings. And because one of the teachers is a Reiki master there, that's one of her focuses, is to train other Reiki practitioners to be able to spread this type of work. So since this is energy work, and since you are sensitive, <laughs> my fellow Pitta and <laughs> sensitive friend, uh, <laughs> um, what do you do then mentally or energetically to prepare when you know you have a session coming up or like this week you have multiple sessions? So what are you doing then to prepare yourself before a session? Yeah, um, I would say when I first started practicing Reiki and, and giving Reiki to others, it was more from a place of like, I want to do a good job and I'm going to follow the rules and make sure, you know, I meditate this much time and da 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 da. And the more I have practiced and given, um, the more I've understood it is more of a way of life. It's more a per perspective of how you live life. Um, and so, now that that has that has become such a 
a guideline for me in my life that the preparation, there's still very specific things that I do, um, but the preparation is always happening. It is in my walk with the dog. It is in when I'm sitting still and just in my meditation time. It is when I'm cooking dinner. It is all of those things because it is a way of being able to honor my highest self, my highest intentions, and to show love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to be able to, anything I do, anyone I come in contact with, is to help them feel that they have a higher self too. Um, that it is not something just for esoteric realms, that we all have this ability. So, and part of that preparation is just being able to live it. And I am super human in terms of the fact that I have my explosive moments of just being a complete jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in those moments, I practice Reiki too, because instead of saying you're, you're a complete jerk and you are not lovable and you are not worthy, it's, ah, oh, you're human. Mm -hmm. You're human. You are a being experiencing being a human right now just revel in that. So it's really shifted my perspective. Um, the practical ways that I, that I prepare right before a session, I think it's very important to ask for help. <laughs> that this is, I am a facilitator in this work. It is not just me. I am asking for help from any sort of support system that might resonate with the person I'm serving. Um, so I ask for that help, I bring in that help. I make sure that my energy is protected before I go into a session. And then the physical space I work in, I make sure it's cleared of all energies that might not serve. So negative energies, I make sure that those are cleared and replaced with love so that we are being held and supported by a space that is actually there to support us. I'm glad you went through that checklist of how you prepare because one thing that we were talking about before the podcast is sometimes when yoga teachers just sort of say these things like vibrate higher, which was the little joke there, that there's not any then practical application behind it. And I really like that um, that checklist of, of really you, you walking the talk and, and actually incorporating it into your everyday life so that your energy is constantly protected or constantly recharged so that you can be a facilitator so then uh what is reiki <laughs> as a practitioner how would you give the webster's dictionary <laughs> definition you know somebody that you meet at a dinner party is gonna go okay well what is reiki <laughs> well i'll give the the webster dictionary version of that and then also what that means to me and what i have kind of learned from my personal experience so Reiki, the word Reiki, is a combination of two Japanese words. Rei means universal, and Ki is life force energy. So it's, it, to me, it's reconnecting to our life force energy that we are currently embodying. Um, and I, the thing that I have learned and has been so fascinating to see how powerful it is is that everything is energy. That it isn't some esoteric term of, oh, the things we cannot see. It is, everything is energy. It's not just electricity that turns on lights. That we have energy. Our physical body needs energy. It takes energy in the form of breath, of food, of 
light from the sun, of nourishment. And then it, it, it expels energy in the form of bodily functions and exhaling, and those types of forms. So we, we are using energy all of the time, and it is in this constant flux. That energy is at a physical realm in our body, it's at an energetic realm in our body, what's called a subtle body. It's at an emotional level in our body. And it's at a spiritual level in our body. And also, the thing that I have found so powerful is to understand that every thought you have has an energetic quality to it. Every word you say has an energetic quality to it. And you can feel that when you say words or when people say them back to you is that you feel something from that. So it's paying attention to that. So to me, the definition of, of Reiki is energy and love. So reconnecting to our own energy and reconnecting to universal love, which is life force. I like that because it's very easy to understand. We all know how it feels when you have a negative thought about yourself or a negative thought about another person. Um, so then when you are in a session, so we talked about what you do to pre prepare before a session. When you're in a session working on someone and their energy, how do you feel mentally, physically, et cetera? Hmm. Well, I would have to say there's a selfish <laughs> quality to performing Reiki because um, it feels good. I will just put it that way. It feels good to be able to serve other people on this level. Um, it is a very intimate experience to be able to serve on this level for sure. Um, and what I have found is that me being who I am and, and my brain goes a thousand miles in one second, <laughs> that the, my work has been to focus during a Reiki session, to focus, to step out of my own selfish needs and to be fully present for the person I am serving. And when I do that, hmm, I open up to something much bigger than myself and much bigger than, than the physical embodiment of the person I'm serving. So there's, there's almost like um, some part of it that's hard to express in words, um, but, but I do my best because I think being able to understand it on that level of why do I feel this way helps us to understand that we, are, we have choice around how we feel. That's what's so liberating about this is that, and that's what I have learned, by receiving and performing Reiki is that this is liberating work. It is showing us that we have choice around our energy. We have choice around our thoughts. We have choice around how we feel emotions and that it is so important to actually feel them. <laughs> um, and I have, I have gone through kind of a vast array of feelings and often do a lot of times in those sessions, especially because I know I am sensitive to a lot of things. So I feel things physically um, on that energetic realm. Sometimes I go, wow, why is, why is this feeling weird? And then I ask my person I am serving, is that part of your body, does that, is there something going on there? And they say, yeah, I, I hold tension right there or my shoulder hurts or whatever it is. And I go, okay, 
because I've been kind of feeling something weird in my own body. And so knowing that, I um, make sure that I protect myself before I go in, um, protect my own energy, like what you said, protect my own energy so that I can serve from a higher and more pure place. Well, and I like what you say about choice too, because I, I have worked a lot in the past with um, clients on their physical goals with a personal trainer. And a lot of times when they experience getting stuck health-wise, um, a lot of the questions that I ask them, they come back with the answers that are always another problem to their problem and not a solution. So it's like they feel like they don't have a choice, that they're just stuck where they're stuck as opposed to looking for solutions and choices um, that they can make to help their fitness move or their health move to a better level uh, so that they feel better in their physical body. Um, so the next question I want to preface with a little bit of my experience and the next question is what should you what should someone do to prepare to have a session um, and I wanted to just share um, my experience with Susie because I recently had a session and beforehand uh, my energy was it was through the roof, but I wouldn't call it possibly a, a positive. <laughs> I think I, I personally think I'm very sensitive to new, the new moon phase, and I believe that was a new moon. And uh, it might be just me using an excuse to be over busy, but it was a very, very busy day. And I'd, um, I had like really almost, I don't want to use the word manic in a, a disrespectful way, but it was a very um, high, high energy sort of go 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 day and I came in and I before Susie even said like maybe five words I just went blah and just like <laughs> sort of verbally uh, diarrheaed all over her emotionally <laughs> and kind of gave her the whole rundown of my emotions and she probably was like oh shit it's <laughs> gonna be an interesting session <laughs> but then my experience is as soon as I got on that table I was very relaxed and I even um, dove a little bit during the session um, and not to say that it was boring but that it was just a very different energy from what I was experiencing and I allowed myself then to be open to what we were going through um, where I've had at least one Reiki experience in the past and I was kind of using it in a way to force a relationship to be better in a certain time period as opposed to actually letting the energetic work happen. And so when I got done, I was like, I didn't do anything, <laughs> which had a lot to do with my attitude and my, the energy of um, my own energy at the time. But so what would you tell someone if they're going to, they've scheduled a session with you and they want to prepare their pitta like us and they want to prepare, what should they do to quote unquote prepare for their Reiki session? Well, I think um, the thing that I have found to be the best preparation is to actually take time for yourself. Um, any sort of form of meditation, if you have a formal practice, that's wonderful. If you don't have a formal practice, you know, even just sitting quiet for a little bit and just being with aware of what's going on around you or going for a walk or writing, um, I find those are all great preparatory steps and here's the reason why. When we give ourselves the space, we then can ask the questions of ourself that we need to ask. And the question that I find, there are many questions that people can ask, but the question that I find that most revolve around is, 
what is my highest intention? Whether it's for this day, this session, my life, etc. What is what is it that is higher than than what is happening to me right now? Um, so I think that ability to be aware, that ability to be quiet and to sit with what is, is incredible preparation. If someone doesn't have a chance to do that, that's fine too, because we talk about that work. And I don't think anyone has had, and that's not just from me as a practitioner, but as you experience Reiki from anyone, um, there's the opportunity to be changed. There's the opportunity to shift perspective and to understand the narrative that you tell yourself every day and to change that narrative so it supports you and your highest work. Um, that's what we talk about and that's what we work on in our Reiki sessions, but it's also amazing if someone can come already being prepared in that sort of way. So would there be any reason why somebody would purposely schedule a session? Let me rephrase that. Is there any precipitating events or situations or energy that someone's experiencing? Or could it just be a, you know what, I just feel like having a Reiki session done today. Is there any sort of reasons behind why somebody would specifically schedule a session? Yeah, so... You know, going back to what Reiki is, the bigger picture of Reiki, it's a methodology to help heal. And that means it can help heal just about anything from a physical level to an emotional level, a spiritual level, energetic level, conscious mind level. It has that ability. So when someone is in a place where they feel that they need some healing, and I say that word a little bit hesitantly because there's a lot of weight to that work healing, um, especially right now. And maybe that's just my own perception of it, but there's a lot of weight to that word. Um, that when you need to give yourself a little extra attention, when there's something specific that you need attention on, or if it's just a general feeling of well-being that you're trying to regain, that is that can be reasons to come to a Reiki session. Um, Reiki sessions can be a really nice, mild, relaxing meditation. <laughs> and it can also be a very clarity-giving uh, experience for somebody. I have had many, many people um, open up to things that they had buried. And that is something that I have found is that energy being energy, we have, we have a human response to bury things instead of actually living from them and releasing them in their given time. So emo emotions bury in our body. And sometimes it can be a very emotional experience for people in a Reiki session. Um, but that is the work too. That if we continue to bury over those things, um, then we don't actually get to our own clearest and highest self. Um, so to get back to answer that question, I think anything can precipitate the need. If you feel, if you have an intuitive feeling, I need to experience this, I need to understand myself on a different level, that's, that's a great reason to do it. 
if you feel I have physical pain that I need relief from, that's a great reason to do it. Um, it, it's just being able to come into a place of willingness to care for yourself on that level. I can almost like picture the, the emotions burying themselves in your muscles and your bones and <laughs> causing those physical ailments. And that's, you know, a lot of what they talk about in these um, studies that they're coming out with about how stress and that constant um, and stress not just being a my job sucks kind of thing but those emotions that we bury and don't deal with and instead deal with ways from the outside as opposed to the inside out um, can cause physical illnesses and can cause you know those long-term chronic illnesses if we don't deal with it um, so after you so we talked about how you feel how you prepare before and how you feel during so how do you feel as a practitioner as someone who's performed a session how do you feel after one do you feel energized depleted neither how do you feel hmm. I would say most often I feel I feel more in touch with the loving part of myself than I do at any other time. Um, since the work is, the, the foundation of the work is love, um, it's hard not to touch into that and to feel that. And so after a session, you know, to sound like the floating on clouds feeling, that's probably too heavy of a, of a um, expression for it. But there's definitely this equanimity that happens, this ability to be okay with whatever happens in this life. I, I experienced that as a, as a giver of Reiki. Um, so, and that's why I said earlier, there's a selfish quality to the work I do too, because I cannot um, walk away without being affected either. Um, but that's typically how I feel, is that I, I, I feel like I'm in a much more loving state, that I am much more closely connected to my highest self and my highest intentions. Every time I perform a Reiki session, I feel like I am in alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. And so there, there's, a, there's this amount of um, recognition from my highest self of, yes, yes, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and so I feel that after a session, even when the sessions are tough, I feel that, um, because I want people to know that, that it is a space, it is a time to hold whatever needs holding from them and to explore whatever needs to be explored because we are surrounded by love and not just surrounded by it, but there's love within us as well. And to be able to reconnect with that. So that's how it feels to me. Um, and that, what you had talked about too, about protecting your energy. There are certain things I do after a session to make sure that I um, am not draining the batteries, that I am fully charged to be able to help someone else and not to bring someone else's baggage with me. Um, so I, I practice releasing energy. I say after a session, you know, I release all negative energies and entities um, back to the universe back harmless and formless, and please fill me full of love. Um, because it is not my stuff to carry. I am, again, the facilitator. And I can feel when I'm carrying things. <laughs> I feel when I am not myself that I have taken on someone else's energy. And so I, I have learned it is very important to be able to release someone else's. Um, it's not my job to carry it. 
I think it's good though that you feel like you said it's almost selfish, but I think it's that's a good thing the way you feel full of love after because it's it's as a yoga teacher and someone who is not a Reiki practitioner, I feel that way after a class that I've taught that where I've been fully present and I'm not just coming in because I'm drained and 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 robotically you know saying some sequence, but when I feel very connected to my class, uh, which I hope is the majority of my classes. <laughs> I know that not every class is going to be like that, but I do feel like this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I feel really good and energized from it. And I feel like this is amazing. And, and I think that's a good thing because then it kind of propels us to do it again and to do it again, because this is important. It's important work. Um, and it's, it's a, a practice that's helped many people. And I think that's, that's a good feeling to have after one, um, which speaking of, um, and I'll kind of answer a little bit. The next question is how would a participant feel after a session? And I know that after I had mine, my energy level, um, and now granted I, w- I am pregnant and I am, uh, <laughs> like I said, that I had had it, um, towards the end of the day. So my energy level was, um, came down and, but I felt much more grounded and, um, felt much more connected to, to the, emotions that I had been feeling beforehand. Um, but do you have any, um, feedback from other people, how they felt, or is there really, I I don't want people to go in with an expectation of how to feel afterwards, but maybe just some feedback on how people might feel afterwards. Yeah. And part of every session and I, I tell people before we actually go into our session, you know, just about what to expect in terms of what they might feel or see, but I don't want to give an impression that changes what their experience might be. Um, but what I, what I tell people um, is that after our session, we will, we will take, a, take time to actually assess things that I experienced, things that they experienced, and to talk about them and to maybe bring some clarity to what that might be. Um, so typically after, after a session, um, I would say the, the majority of people will, will sit up and say, oh, I don't feel as stressed. I feel rested. If that is all that happens, that is incredible work, yeah. especially <laughs> In, in the culture that we live in, where we tend to live in chronic stress, mm-hmm. when we live in chronic stress, our body cannot function on that self-healing level. And so if that is all that happens is that you reduce your stress, then your body has the ability to heal what needs to be healed. So I think that is amazing work just in and of itself. Um, I feel the other part of that is clarity. That if if there are questions that people come in with specifically or they come up during their sessions that they had no idea they wanted to even ask, there's some clarity there around it. They have understood something in a different light and it's not me telling them, it is them feeling for themselves what's important to them and what they need to learn and listen to and understand from their own being. Um, so that's, that's usually, I think, the two biggest things is, is a, a reduction in stress and this beautiful clarity. I like that because, you know, they, they actually sell naps now. Like 
Yeah, there are some. I think we don't. Have, I don't think we have it here, but there are some places that will sell. Like you come in for thirty minutes, and you can, you know, purchase that time, so to speak, to take a nap. And I think that's kind of one of the things that our culture is missing: is that we're either not moving enough, you know, not at least not enough purposeful, healthy movement, and we're not sleeping enough. And we've got that chronic stress going on, so we're not taking that time to nap or to rest appropriately to give our brain those brain waves it needs to heal our body. So yeah, I mean, even if you are just taking a nap, it's so beneficial to the rest of your body to be able to get into that, that relaxed brain wave. And that's what I felt during that time, that relaxed brain wave. I wasn't sitting there spinning, like my brain tends to spin sometimes a lot, which will prevent me from going to sleep. And I didn't feel that. I felt that relaxation, almost like doing a yoga nidra. If you're familiar with doing those, it gets you into that relaxed brainwave state where your body can heal um, and can repair and your brain can reset. So that's very beneficial uh, to have that. So then after somebody has had a session, um, do you determine follow-up sessions or do you just let them intuitively schedule whenever they need to? Yeah, that's, it's, it's a conversation that I have with the person I'm serving. Um, there's some that I say, you know, I think one and done and you're good to go or, Hey, you know what, this is, let's do three or four or five sessions and let's just see how it goes. Because I think there's some things that are opening in you gradually and let's just, let's give that space. Um, but yeah, I think it is, it's an intuitive thing to know, Hey, is this something that is a working for me, um, that I need to kind of repeatedly go back to. And what I would say too, is my ultimate goal in being able to practice and, and give Reiki is to open people up to their own self healing capacities. So in other words, to, to put myself out of a job <laughs> for that person, that is my ultimate goal, that at some point they will not need me. I do not want to be a crutch in anyone's life, that they have to come to me for this, that I give them the tools, I teach them the tools that they can do this work for themselves. Um, again, because we are self-healing creatures. That's, our bodies have that ability to heal, our minds, our emotions, all of it. Um, so those are the tools that I'm, I hope to instill in people as we do this. So it might be one session, it might be 20 sessions, but we certainly talk about that um, as a team together to say what makes the most sense. I think that's what I really appreciated about my personal session is that you did give me follow-ups to do afterwards and some and homework assignments. Uh, you didn't pressure me into getting another session, but you said these are the things that I felt um, I felt in your body and in your energy, and so these are the follow-up homework things for you to do. Um, where I've not had not received that in other sessions or, or feedback at all. That so it really was beneficial for me to have that. Uh, and me being that that checklist preparation kind of person to have, and I've been doing them, thank you, uh, <laughs> to, to have that after the session. Now, so what would you say have been some common misconceptions that you've heard? Um, I'm not sure if you've heard it any around here, just because it's you're one of the few Reiki practitioners um, in this area, but I know you've been lived in other places as well. So what would be some common misconceptions about Reiki that people might have? Um, 
one that it's massage, which it is not. Um, the actual physical practice of Reiki, it's it's hands-on healing, um, but it's very very light touch, and oftentimes my hands are floating above a person's body just as much as they are um, touching in certain places. And I'm not looking to dig in and release tension physically. I'm looking to understand where people are holding energy and to help release that energy. So that's the first thing is that it, it is some form of massage, which is, it is, it is not. Um, and, but I think the biggest misconception is that it is woo-woo. <laughs> In whatever definition that is, is that it's esoteric, that it's not something that we can really understand and we shouldn't even try to understand. Um, but I have found that it is a very practical way to get back in touch with our most important parts of ourself. Um, so that, that to me, it is, it is the opposite of woo-woo to me. And I, I tend to have come from a very practical background too. So I apply my own practicality to that um, because I want someone to walk away with it knowing that it is something that is available and accessible to them, that it is not something you have to operate in you know, esoteric realms to understand. Um, the thing that I have, have encountered is a little bit of resistance that, A, since it might be woo-woo, that it doesn't... Um, that it, it, it is an opposition to one's religious beliefs. And, um, and so I, I kind of did some exploration on my own, just what, why and what. And um, for me, it, it is the opposite of opposition. <laughs> That's a double negative. But um, that it is actually in perfect alignment with that because it is love. That is what it is. That's the work of it. And there are actually um, organizations you can look online um, that that Christian groups for Reiki, <laughs> which I find really, really um, enlightening one and supportive. Um, that this is not uh, this work is not relegated to a specific group. You don't have to think a specific way. This is work that is available for everyone. Um, that has been the biggest misconception is that it is very specific and it is not. It's a tool in your toolbox. Yes. <laughs> I, always, I love that metaphor. So would there be anything else that you would want to add or that we didn't touch on about Reiki or about the practice of energy work in general? Hmm. I think the reason I do Reiki um, and the more I practice it, the more I feel it, that alignment with what is my highest work, to be able to teach people to be self-sufficient on an energetic level, to be self-healing on that level. Um, and the reason is, is because I have a feeling that we all have highest self. We all can live from higher intentions. And I want people to understand that they are creative, limitless beings. And that is the beauty of this work, is when you apply love instead of fear. <laughs> when you apply love instead of hate, it changes the energy. It changes outcome. When you apply crystal clear intention, we all live from intention, whether we know it's an intention we're putting out or not. If we say, I am tired, guess what? You're going to be tired. If you say, I am a being full of energy and I'm limitless, 
that puts out a different message. So it's being able to understand that we are hmm, limitless. I think that can be scary sometimes to people, that they just kind of want to be in their box and they want to do their checklist and, and, and go through the little, the, you know, the, the things that aren't um, scary and that won't um, cause them to feel different things because feelings can be scary. But to kind of put that spin on it is of love instead of fear really creates that, that energy, that excitement around being alive and having a higher purpose than just being here to do your checklist and, and go through the motions of life and die. <laughs> well, I really, really want to appreciate you taking the time um, to sit down out of your busy day and, and talk about this and, and just share your experience um, and your personal uh, story about Reiki and about energy work. So well, thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. This is Lynn and Susie from Yoga Story.